Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And after a very, 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 very big weekend of celebrations, we're back. We are. I'm alive. You are. We found you. I'm alive. I'm still here as well somehow. I had a bit of sleep and, uh, yeah. Mate, you tapped out early. I didn't tap out early. tapped out early. early. People didn't turn up for day two. They're you the tapped ones, out early. They're the, ones who didn't, they're the ones who tapped out. I turned up for day two. Yeah. Yesterday, there was only about two other blokes that decided to kick on, but it was a very good weekend. It was. Back-to-back premieres, but on to the fast five for this week. Best, worst, high, low, and any questions? What do you got for your best? Well, the best was our, our grand final win. <laughs> I've got to be selfish. Um, but, yeah, the Panthers upsetting the Roosters. That was a highlight on uh, Saturday night. And I thought South to start a semi-final and lead 40-0, that's pretty incredible. Their, uh, their performance for the first 60 minutes of that game was uh, ultra-impressive. I guess, contrasting to the Panthers, who just um, hung in and hung in and eventually got their opportunity to win the game and, and took it. Yeah, well, besides also our 30-6 win and back-to-back premierships. Yeah. Hashtag bad luck, Sinclair. Plus drinking out of the trophy at the pub. Mm. Good times. Uh, I haven't I'm, been back to Sinclair since since, since the loss. Well, I've got to head back there tonight. You've got to go back there this over. Like, you know, You'll be right. Well, my, my, my car might get tomatoed on, on the way in. But You'll be right. I'll be happy to cop it. You'll be right. My best uh, was South, even though I was disappointed with the last 20, as Maguire was, as everyone saw on the television, when he absolutely flipped his lid. They were just absolutely dominant for 60 minutes, and uh, they pulled the plug early. No real surprise. When you're up, he pulled Sam Burgess off, that it in the bag. They were just more so looking to get off the field without any injuries. So mm. uh, they were probably my best, but what about your worst? Uh, worst? Well, mainly in Storm. Melbourne's defence. Yeah, I was stuck between the two. Mainly in Melbourne's defence. Like they, they've been renowned for years to be the best two defensive teams in the competition year in, year out. I guess Manly... Ah, sorry, the Roosters probably took over that mantle statistically last year, but the Roosters and... Uh, sorry, Manly and the Storm, they've been traditionally the last 10 years the best defensive sides, and that's why they've won so many competitions during that period of time, but... Both defence defences uh, on the weekend were it was non-existent. You know, it killed me, and I looked. 40, at, was it forty nil and Melbourne were down twenty four nil at one yeah, point. And I looked at the numbers after ten rounds. Melbourne would write down on probably the three things they were better at than anyone: missed tackles, uh, and obviously conceding points. And then there was errors and completions. We were we were right down the bottom. By the end of the year, we finished up number one in both completions. Uh, and errors and also missed tackles. We were number one in all three of those categories. We cleaned that right up, but we were horrible on Sunday, and yeah. deservedly so there, yeah. Craig Billum, he was uh, yeah. he was lost for words after the game, and 14, rightfully so. Yeah. 14 errors. And Manly, I said it earlier on that I thought if you could isolate the edges and keep it through the middle, they were a bit lighter on in the forward pack, and they really got found out the other night. They got absolutely bashed up the guards. Oh, yeah. uh, what about your highlight? Uh, no, not highlight. Best player? 
Oh, we can go best player. Best player. We just did best and worst. No, we didn't. Yeah, I did best and worst first. Oh, okay. Well, why isn't it in normal? I don't know. Who cares? You got a best player? Go for Uh, Jamie Soward, James Graham. Both very, very good. I thought Jamie Soward. Clutch kick from the sideline. Uh, to send that to 18 all and then to slot that field goal it looked like my three iron off the tee mm. except it didn't have the late hook on it But uh, and James Graham like probably what summed up his performance was that tackle I think it was on Mahe Fenua yeah. uh, late in that game and uh, Melbourne was surging at that point, of the point in time they had a 20 minute period there where after half time Melbourne they had chance after chance after chance and uh, a combination of you know lucky referee calls plus some good defence from the dogs shut them out um, but James Graham, best player on that team by a country mile, in my opinion. Yeah, well, mine was Thurston because he just chased everything for the whole 80 minutes, even when thing went, uh, things went bad. He was backtracking on kicks, uh, second efforts, just all kinds of things that his teammates forgot how to do in the second half. So yeah. he was probably my standout. Uh, my highlight was the Panthers-Roosters game. I thought it was an absolute cracker. First half, lots of errors, uh, a little bit flat. Plenty of physicality, but once the once the nerves seemed to settle down and that game got into a groove, that was an absolute cracker game of football. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I've already yeah. done my highlight, mate. Mate, well we've we flipped it here. Best. Yeah, of I don't know what you've done. Well, it doesn't matter. We'll go to our low light. Low light. Sims banned for me. Yeah, Ennis is pushing the head. Yeah, I'm sick of that bloke. Someone uh, we had a discussion <laughs> at the dinner table last night. Yeah, and someone needs to punch him. People at the dinner table got offended, but there was axes to grind at the dinner table as always. But Look, for me, there's no axe to grind here. Um, if I'm coaching against him this weekend and he's going to pull that sort of crap, uh, I'd be saying to whoever, a couple of my front rowers, pull Michael Ennis aside and put a couple on his chin, and that'll fix that problem straight up. Good times. I'm serious. I'm dead yeah, serious. I have been dead serious. I, I, you know, 10 minutes in the bin, people say, well, you know, 10 minutes in the bin is enough to lose your game. I disagree. I think... Allowing Michael Ennis to control a game and influence referees and just be an outright grub, which he is, influences the game a lot more than a bloke been in the, in the bin for ten minutes. Yeah, well, I said that, and I, I do it nice and early. I said I was filthy about the shoulder charge and the punching rule. I'm especially filthy now because this year there's plenty of guys uh, that are usually kept. Gordon Teller said it early too. Yeah, well, he's right. The though. wingers run in and they think they can push front rowers. You now. can't. Do, you can't do anything. And mm. same deal. It wasn't a, a pat on the head. He pushed him in the head and then he went a second time. So yeah. you can't do anything about it. I don't think it was a pat on the head either. No, People have said it's a pat on the head. They're morons. That's not a pat on the head. We've mm. all been on a footy field and had a pat in the head and a push in the head. Yeah. And the second time when he went in again, but you can't do anything about it. So I'm sick of that rule. You should be able to crack something. Yeah. And the, you could see Smith was uncomfortable with it, with the fact that. Like, what do I do here? I can't bop him one. Well, he did the smart thing that he should have had to, which is push him off the second time and walk away. But yeah, but I'm frustrated for the same reason that... So if, if Smith turns around and bops him one... He gets sent to he the gets, bin. He gets 10 in the bin. But that's the whole thing. This, this rule... You're allowed is to open-hand someone in the head. This rule has allowed this little gateway for, like Gordon for grubs, said, yeah. wingers and the smaller blokes, all these kind of guys to niggle and push and try and call... I don't have a problem with Ennis... Uh, you know, he's sledging and all that sort of stuff. I don't have a massive problem with that, but nah. when it gets to the point where you're physically trying to intimidate That's people, more the other when you, you can't know, retaliate, you know, and the referees need to take control of it, and I totally agree with what Bellamy said in the fact that it is disrespectful. But in. I don't care who it is. I wouldn't nah. care if that was the worst player in the NRL. It doesn't. I don't, point, I don't think the fact that he's Australian captain. Nah, not that. I don't his, care. His about point that. was more it's creeping into the game more and more, which it is, and we've yeah. seen it since this rule change. Um, and my other one was, yeah, the Sims, it was a brain snap. Yeah, I know, but I thought it was seven, a brain snap. I weekend. thought seven weeks is ridiculous. Yeah, but and at the time, I just thought, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Why? Yeah, why? ridiculous, but 
we saw eight and Caesar get carried by Tony Williams. No, and I he's agree. Playing. And then you I, get I seven weeks and five, and then people go, "Oh, there's loading." Who cares? He, mm-hmm. he KO'd Aiden Caesar last week, got no charge, and then somehow this was a grade three. It was more of a head. Well, to even head. Dylan Napa got. It was more of a head three? to head than a shoulder, which I'm still not defending it. It was stupid. But how that got five weeks and the other one got zero? NRL yeah, judiciary. Right. What are you doing? Yeah. What 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 precedence have you got this set on? I, I'm dumbfounded that they didn't go and contest it. Well, they oh, said they got no faith and they didn't want to do him any harm because he's moving on to another club that's anyway. The mo- so. That's the most stupid part of all this. I can't believe the Cowboys did well, even, even go for a downgrading. Yeah, if you're that filthy yeah. about the suspension, surely you could pull a few out that are grade ones or grade whatever that are comparable that to that. Because, I mean, even Dylan Narpers, I thought it was probably as careless. I don't think there was any more intent in what Narpa did to what Sims did. And then my other problem, again, you look at that little tap, that was kind of similar to Snowden's last year, but that led to a broken jaw, and then look at the time he got. Well, exactly. Because we go comparatively exactly again right. off injuries. Well, look at Jordan McLean. How long did he get? And my flip on this, I'm just going to chuck this in right at it, as far as low lots go. Hey, NRL, what about the concussion rule? So Justin Hodges did get slipped. Well, I did say that. I sent you a text on Saturday night saying... Then there was another incident in the other, might have been the Roosters game. Semi-finals time, the Royals uh, the window, did they? Yeah, they, well, they obviously they have. I saw someone get dragged off in the Penrith game. Brent Kite did. They yeah. followed the procedure, but Justin Hodges, just because it was a 10-minute delay... Did Michael Jennings go off the field? Oh, I'm not, I can't really I don't remember, think he did. Honest. I don't think oh, he did. There, was, there was someone else as well that did it over the weekend, and I thought concussion was going out the window. And right. it always was going to, because you don't have independent doctors. It's a yeah, He was there sitting there, and they cleaned him up like nothing happened. There was no test. I don't care how important he is in the three line breaks and all the damage he caused. If there was any yeah. consistency, despite the foul play, he should have been taken off for the concussion test. Yeah. But he wasn't. But um, questions, what do you got? Uh, I'm manly done. I don't think so. I, I, I said back-to-back last week, but now the Bulldogs won through. <laughs> Adam Bay and all you guys out there that come out today about the Bulldogs, I'm sorry, but I really don't want you guys to be in the final four. Mm. Uh, I think... Oh, look, their grubby tactics are only going to get them so far. I just think... Well, I, <clears> and I, I, I think manly are probably... They're at the point now where, you know, if the dogs try that, it's going to blow up this week. Yeah. They've, they've, It'll absolutely blow up. They've got a few in there that'll go nuts. I think I'm more... Melbourne more, are the clean skin. Manly have got that, you know, prickly edge to them. I, I hope Michael Ennis tries that. I, absolutely, I, can't, I hope this game erupts. I think the other thing that gets me, and it's the same thing you said, this probably is the end of an era. We don't know what's going to happen now. I don't want to see them go down the way I've watched Melbourne go down the last two years. Oh, I don't well, want to see... I think they're done, but I just I don't think, think they're, they're done too, but good. just just out of faith, if you told me which team do I want to see playing next week or in the grand final... Well, like, Port Dogs are good on the weekend, but oh, you've got to remember weekend. that the week before, they got beat by the Titans. Yeah. And they were up 18 nil at half-time, so... Mm. You know, the Bulldogs have been very inconsistent. Obviously, their best footy is going to compete with anyone. But well, they did the one thing again, that stores. I blew up about earlier in the year, which is their forwards just went forward. They didn't pass it. What it does has is, you know, if they complete over 74%, they'll win. I, mean, they I sort of agree with that, but, you know, it's yeah. what you do with the football. And obviously, when they do hold on to it, they are an attractive side. And Give they, the ball to They fatigue teams because they are, you know, because they're such a, such a big and physical um, yeah, side. Yeah, and they did their job on the weekend, though. They had almost, That's right. If, if almost you're making every, them tackle you, obviously the sides are going to get fatigued. It's going to open the door. Almost every single up. one of their forwards went over the 100-metre mark, which is what they should be doing, instead of all thinking they're halfbacks. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's how you're going to win games. But um, Did you make anything of the South final 20 minutes clock off? I didn't. I agree with the blow up, though. I Why? Was but if you're going to yank the players, then you, you the only, know that the there's only, going to be a The only one he pulled was Burgess. He didn't pull anyone else, and they just yeah. decided to shut down. 
it gives the respect. I'll tell you what, I'd rather I'd rather uh, win a game, be leading a game forty nil, and have them clock off than win by a point. Oh, I'm not complaining. I said at the end, yeah, I can I can understand his coach is always looking for something to blow up about. And the reason why is I think he's worried, and we, we spoke about this the other night. Well, again. I think it's an underlying. They're thing. going next week, and they showed a mental weakness not to play for eighty minutes, regardless of the result. They've lost two prelims in a row. I he wants to, to be in a grand final for the actual game itself. I I didn't agree with it, but for the actual psychology That's of the team over at. the last three years, definitely. You I can't agree. let that be acceptable, which is yeah. why I think he had his blow up, and I'm fine with it. Uh, Mick Potter got the punt today. Mm-hmm. What legacy does he leave? I thought he did a pretty good job, to be honest. I, I think this all just got torn apart when Robbie Farrar decided to open his mouth and all the players who have remained quiet in the background let her all ride out, and then Grant May didn't help the situation either. Yeah. Should uh, Under Grant May, should he be punted? He should be punted for 100%. sure. He handled it Leadership terrible. starts at the top and he's been awful. And whoever comes in um, next... Who replace him? This new board, just before we move on, should sit down with Robbie Farr and say, guess what, buddy? Play football, shut your pie hole. I bet you they won't, but... Well, they need to. Mick Potter's replacement, who will it be? Oh, Christ. They, they were talking, talking about Nathan Brown. Mate, they were talking Nathan Brown. A month ago, Matt Parrish was the favourite. Now we're hearing that Anthony Griffin, because he left the Broncos and did a good job, he, he's going to be in charge. They've released a statement today saying they're willing to wait up until October 27th, which is a week before their preseason season Yes, starts. thanks for that. If you're the coach that takes Why that do you think job? David Kidwell said no to the Warriors the other year for the exactly. exact same reason? Matt Elliott, get him back. This is his specialty. <laughs> no, this is or Brian Elliott. Smith. <laughs> Brian Smith sniffing Man, around. He did, he did the independent review. Well, this is my other thing. If, uh, if they were going to knife him to have Kidwell or Payton come in, what's the go there? Uh, one of them in line for it, I wouldn't have a clue. Who cares? Um... I've got a few here today. I'm on fire. There's three um, three new board members, none with any football experience, and the bloke they're relying on from a review is Brian Smith, another coach, Bain. and a former CEO, or who should be a former CEO soon, Grant Mayer, who Bain, likely want to know him. So God knows who they're going to hire. Uh, Sharks Mad Monday, topless girl, restaurant, public view. Where do we draw the line here? Should just should have done it in a closed venue. We said this the other week. Should have went to a house or someone else's. I can't knock I think me and you spoke about it. It wasn't on yeah, the podcast. I can't knock anything that happens on Mad Monday because I've been on Mad Mondays. And, yeah, there are things that do push the boundaries, but they should have been smarter. Just done it at a closed venue, not yeah. a place with open bloody windows and doors. What about the concept itself? Do you think it's dead? I think it's bordering on being dead. With, with in, the in this day and age, in the amount of media impact. and everyone having a camera attached to their phone and all the stigma going around. Well, Ricky Stewart banned it. Yeah. They had uh, a couple of closed functions. That's what they should be doing from the start. I've got to be honest, if I was a... Matty Johns said on the um, Sunday with Matty Johns, he said that they Newcastle the last few years there, they just open up the bar at the stadium and lock the stadium up. That's what you need to they do, though. When I was at Canberra, we had... Uh, they had Mad Monday. And if they want to have, like, you know... But we so have female fans out there, it's no, it's no different to a hen's night where a male stripper comes. Like, you're going to get those people in all you know demographics that like a stripper. Yeah. Some people don't. For me, it doesn't really worry me. I don't me. really care. But my thing about it... But, this but is what difference. I'm saying is if there's going to be people that want that, people that don't, but within a team environment, you're going to get different likes, dislikes. But do it where no one else you can are, see it. You are not going to stop them, though, because they will have Mad Monday will, with exactly. a club like we had. They're going to go out and party anyway. Because guess what? They work hard for 10 months, and then they get a little bit of time off. They're going to let their hair down. I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd, I'd allow the media to talk to the players as they came in. Well, that's what the with AFL their dress up or whatever. They get them when they're coming in their clothes. Yeah, and, they and, then, and then say to the media, right, yeah. with the proviso that you know, you, go at, at, you know, in six, ten hours' time or whatever, when they come out, you know, you go home, you're not here. Well, you remember the dogs incident earlier? I, I was filthy about that. They shouldn't have handled it the way they did. But they were sitting outside the stadium all day and getting high and low camera. They were just trying to just leave them alone. Yeah. 
They get their little the time to blow stuff. So I think, off. yeah, you got to give them a, uh, you got to give the media an in. You got to, yeah, you got to give them an in. But you've also got to give them some privacy at some point to enjoy themselves after ten months of hard work. Yeah, um, the flip. The reasons for the TV ratings drop. What do you think? Three point six million uh, drop in Australia, and New Zealand across well, the. Well, man, you've had this argument a million times about would you prefer to go to a game, uh, stay home, and it's also product placement, I suppose, timing getting to the ground. So this is one of the big reasons when you say something like that. Uh, I think of the location of grounds when they say we want to move everything to ANZ or we want to move everything to Allianz. Mm. That's one thing. Uh, the other one for the TV ratings drop, there's still games that aren't have broadcast live. Yeah, well, they're talking about in today's paper. They're saying that the the 4pm game is now going to be live next year or at least they're going to have that a conversation with and I understand what like we've said a million times that there's massive advertising dollars on the line in that time slot but, yeah, uh, but they, I don't understand why they can't just slot it in you know have an extended half time or... do what the AFL do you yeah. have to stick it in there wherever you can I know I'm in a bit off subject with attendances at grounds not just the TV ratings but that's pretty my biggest thing well, it'd be interesting to see whether the drop would be um, resolved with the with a 4pm game being live because what they're saying is that a lot of people know the score in that game, and, I, and I'm at that point now as well. We used to record it last year. You can't get away from it sometimes. But this year, people we both know the score. People we text both knew the score. Or hit you up or not, like you can't avoid it. Yeah. And it's, then the Friday night games. It just one. ruins the game. I don't want to. I, I can't be. Look, I mean, the one for me was the uh, Panthers Manly game this year mm. on the Sunday afternoon, and. I don't know whether we were together, but I was I was at a pub and yeah, someone we said, "Oh, pub. can you believe that bloody no, man, Manly won on the bell?" And, and there was twenty minutes or thirty minutes to go, and the game was never looking like going that way. It no. just ruins the spectacle. We were at the Pioneer. This was like two or three weeks ago, yeah. and one of the boys sitting next to me walked in when we got there for Prezzo and said, "Oh, can you believe Manly won?" I was like, "You kidding?" It's yeah. like eighteen point difference. You just ruined that. Yeah, exactly. So I, and now I don't watch the game. And it's the same as the second Friday night game. Someone exactly. will send you a message going, "Oh, did you see that?" And you just go, "No, I'd I didn't. much rather I'd much rather a live game Thursday and a live game Friday than two games on Friday with one delay." Yeah, I've got to be honest. Um, the other one, foreign is foreign worth one million dollars. Yep, I agree. I've said before, uh, Flanagan denied his early entry or early return. Agree or disagree? I agree. Me well, he mustn't have met, met the requirements. requirements. He yeah. hasn't. They put it out today. There's like yeah. three or four categories they're not happy with. Do what you're supposed to do, and you can have your job back. Yep. Uh, Jared Weir Hargreaves, his offence wasn't even worth 30 points of the judiciary. Yeah, well, same deal again when I get back to the Sims thing. Oh, you jab. know, I love Jared. It's a jab. I love Jared, but for the forearm, and he went off for a bit, if that's not at least going to get you enough carryover points to get your week. When well, you he's got 70. 70. That's what I mean. So that's it's not saying. worth 30 so he points. Still, he still didn't get a charge. That's ridiculous. Um, and the last one is, for me, who's the momentum team at the moment? Momentum and injuries, I think, win finals games. Who's think, got the momentum? I think South's got more back than anyone right now. If I agree. If you're health, and I thought that with Reynolds back, which we'll talk about soon, uh, and even though Sutton wasn't exactly comfortable on the left edge, backs, forwards, just all over the field right now, they're sorted. I think uh, I think we're heading towards, I think it's going to be a momentum grand final. That's going to be Souths and the Cowboys. Yeah. I think the Roosters have lost their momentum, mate. They've, they've had injuries. I, I did say this. I, honestly, I think if you put every player is fit and healthy, the Roosters win the comp. But I, I the NRL... Saw, I also saw three teams in the weekend, this is one of my points, without their hookers that struggled. Without Matt Ballon, Manly struggled. With Cameron Smith, needled up and not great. Struggled. Melbourne struggled. And then I watched uh, the Roosters without Jake Friend. I think you put Ballon likely back in this week and Jake Friend, they can both get the job done. Well, Brett Stewart will be back as well for Manly, so... Um, yeah, I, for me, I think the Cowboys are the momentum team. I think the Roosters, as long as Friend's back and Guerra back in, that they get the job if done. If Friend plays, I think you're looking at potentially the best game of the year. 
Hopefully. Uh, is that everything you've got? That's that's it for me. I've I've written down a thousand. Well, I've got Carney to do the Catalan Dragons. Thoughts? Yeah. Think it predictable, I think. Yeah, predictable. Well, how about the fact they're thinking about making him captain straight away? I think that's more a uh, bit of a ploy. Yeah, ploy to get players to come over there. I don't know whether you got to give the guy a fresh start. You know, I, I mean, obviously, yeah, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to. No, no, I don't someone know. who pissed in his mouth to be the front line but how many in people France know that yeah. probably not many oh, well. and he's a headline act in the fact that he's, he's, he's a great, a football great footballer yeah. well you've covered everything I wanted besides one and this is probably more down your alley or gossips later on Panthers now booking that spot and I think like I said to you on the more favourable side of the draw if you're going to go off form can they make the green form of course they can yeah, but we're talking of course like they 50-50, or like how confident are you that they well, can win? 50-50 chance. I'd give them, if they play the Bulldogs, I think they're in. If they play Manly, um, they play Manly I think they're up against it. Yeah, well, I, I think that Just because I think if Manly get Ballon and Stewart back... Well, as far as South... But mind you, Penrith should have beaten Manly in that game that we just spoke about. Penrith, so. Penrith really did, I think, if... That's what I was going to say. For me, if Manly can get their stuff together, Penrith's kind of done them a favour if they lose they to have. them. Because they've chucked the Roosters on that side of the draw. Yep. Then the Cowboys are going to bash each other. Then they've got to play Souths, who supposedly got a reward having a week off. But that is a loaded side of the draw. There's three teams on that side that we thought were going to be playing in the grand final. Yeah. So that is a very stacked... Uh, Look, I think, yeah, if they play the Bulldogs, they'll be, they'll be very confident in the Panthers. Uh, play Manly, obviously, you're dealing with a very, very experienced side. And uh, I think they'd be a 60-40 shot um, against them against Manly and a 75-25 shot against the Bulldogs. Yep, in well, their favour. That wraps up the Fast Five. We'll uh, jump in and review these four finals games and have a look at the two games coming up this weekend. And we kick things off Friday night. Souths 40 to 24 over Manly, uh, as we spoke about before. For me, uh, I've said the Fords the last couple of weeks. Anyone that seems to have beaten Manly. Trapped in that middle third, not let the halves get their hands on the footy and just beat them up in the middle. And Souths were completely and utterly dominant. They killed them in yardage. They bashed them when they were down in their own red zone. They could barely get over the ad line. And uh, at the end of the day, that was it for me. They, they just beat them up in the middle, took all the petrol out of them, and just completely dominated them. Yeah, it was disappointing this game. I was, I was hoping it would be a tight affair, but it wasn't. Mainly, as you said, they missed the kick. And the worrying thing for me from Jeff Tuvey is the fact that they conceded 40 points. Uh, you've got to be resilient in finals footy and you've got to be able to defend your line and uh, they didn't manage to do that and that's that's a real concern. South, I don't know whether to uh, take that they were they were brilliant in this game or mean they were bad. Um, it could be it could be a soft win or it could be a good win. I guess the proof's gonna be in how they perform in the preliminary final, but um, well, at I the moment it, they've got the runs on the board, don't they? Thought it was a great win and uh Lodi Dakiri crossed the mighty he busted out a few moments the other night. He was, he was well, I said earlier in the year that I thought they'd really done a good job replenishing their back line, that he was the one that you'd keep on the wing out of uh, you know him, Goodwin, ready. But he had some massive moments. That jump over to Fua, the offload in their own half that led to a line break going the opposite way. He, he had a really big game. And Reynolds, for me, coming back, scored a double, kicked well, controlled things. Him and Kiri are definitely the halves. That, that they changed the tempo compared to when it's him and Sutton who just seemed to go through the motions. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, Yeah, 60th minute, though. We spoke about this. It was 40-0. Burgess off, uh, you know, manly surge late, but I can't really draw too much into it. I can understand we had the quick chat before about Maguire's blow-up, mainly just for a mentality point of view. doesn't want them to feel that you can clock off at any point in time saying they've lost the two preliminary finals, so I'm sure that was the main reason for the blow-up, just to get the message through that this is third attempt, 
we want to be in the green final. We have no time for complacency. Yeah. And Manly, wow, they, they really need Ballon back. Worst defensive effort of the year, 43 misses, 11 line breaks. They need to wake up in fighting, injuries, whatever the hell is going on, they need to sort it out because as simple as this at the end of the day, if you want to win a comp, all that stuff has to go to the side. They're only going to do it for two weeks. Three weeks. Three in a row. Yeah, three games. That's all they've got to Three put. in a row. I think now that the pressure's on, it is it is now their season. Mm. I think you'll see a different manly side, especially if you've got Stuart and Ballon back in. But uh, there weren't many weren't many positives there for Manly coming no. out of this game. I thought Forum was probably their best player, and he probably has been for the last six or eight weeks ever since this, uh, you know, this... I think, I think he's negative, been the, negative attitudes. I still think he's been the better of the two all year. No, I think he Cherry has been, mate, gets but, all the but raps, it's been but more of a standout to me because Cherry Evans was playing great for I still think, again, it's it's your footy purists, your people that actually watch the game that see the one percenters instead of the people that just go, oh, Cherry Evans scored a try or put that kick in. You've got to yeah. look at all the dirty work. I think four and week in, week out, he's uh, pretty much been their best player all year. But Manly, this week, they play the Dogs. Uh, very surprised as we were to see how well they played last week. Bit of history there, the Hasler 2v thing as well. So this, is, this hopefully will be a cracker of a game. Hopefully we're not let down like we were with this South game. Yeah. But season on the line, massive forward pack. That's where they've been struggling, mainly. They're going to have to aim up in the middle, try and get the ball back onto those edges and ignite those halves. So see how that one plays out. But Saturday, what a cracker of a game. The Panthers 9-8-18 over the Roosters. and <sighs> This was fine football. Yeah, this was uh, what we're looking for on Friday night. But uh, it was a grinding game. I thought Penrith were... They just bunkered down, uh, and they waited for their opportunities. They were good enough to take them and good enough to win. Uh, but you know, the, the, the difference or the contrast between the last time they played the Roosters at Allianz was that you know, they, they probably weren't resilient, as I just spoke about with Manly. They, when, whenever the Roosters got some ball on their line, they tended to leak points, whereas this weekend they, uh, they were able at key moments to turn the Roosters away, and they were able to score, as I said, when they had their, their limited chances. But... I think the Roosters, for the majority of it, were the better side, but um, Penrith stood up in the key moments and under pressure. You know, Jamie Soward in that last five minutes was was clutch. The kick for Watine Zelezniak um, to bat back in. Uh, he brought the winger up, dabbed it in behind the line. That led to the try. He then nails the conversion from the sideline and then kicks a 35-metre field goal. So, uh, and I think the thing that's understated with Soward this year is his defence. I think his defence has been great. They've run a lot of traffic at him, but... Um, he keeps turning up and putting his body in front, and, and he's running the football. I can't. Which knock is him my out. main criticism at the start. I can't knock him. Physicality was his biggest issue. He yeah. tried to play in a dinner suit. This year, he scrapped that. He's getting up out of the line. He plays in the up and in defence, does his job, and he runs the footy now. Yeah. Which is the one thing he should have been doing forever, because God knows he's got some legs on him. But uh, for a game that had 13 errors apiece, I was actually surprised about how high quality and the, and the crowd, which uh, wasn't the biggest one, definitely made noise that gave it the impression that it was a big-time game. They really appreciated the spectacle they saw, and I have to wrap the Panthers forwards. It is a very no-name pack at the moment. It's been stripped down. You've got a couple of older blokes uh, in Brent Kite holding the fort with Plumbing and a couple of other young blokes like Robinson and whatnot, but I really thought they held their own. They got out of the red zone, and Faro was class. Dallin, like you said, Soward, Seguiara, and Matty Moylan, those kind of guys are just pushing it around, and everyone's doing their job. Yep. And, uh, there yeah. weren't too many standout players. I mean, obviously, Soward was... Uh, key in the clutch moments at the end, but um, during the game there weren't many standout players. That's for sure. 
Well, getting to this point is a huge achievement given their circumstance of missing 11 first graders and now they're one game away from the grand final. What a year, I what thought a story. Last year, last year they sort of underachieved by a win or two. I think this year they've overachieved by a win or two. And yeah, now they've gone even further. They've done a Newcastle to me. You, you saw them kind of getting to date last year. You didn't think they'd do much, but when they ended up in the final four, I was very surprised. Yeah, but, but then so. they, then again, they had to win, win-win to get the preliminary, whereas Penrith had won and got the week off. So mm. that win against the Warriors, like, it's two clutch games for Penrith. You know, yeah. they, they could have they could have potentially finished sixth or seventh with a loss against the Warriors. They they were clinical last Sunday night, and then they came out and produced this on a, on a short turnaround too. To be honest, well, they deserve their week off given the circumstances. They do. No one is missing any more troops. They, do. they, they deserve their top four position. They are just pushing forward, and it puts the Roosters in a really really awkward position. If they get friend back, I think there's still a big chance. Gare is obviously going to be back. Pierce has been in really good form, but now they have to play the Cowboys and the Rabbitohs to get to the grand final. Yeah, That's made things a lot tougher than what they needed to be if they would have won on this side of the draw, as we said, which seems a lot more favourable. Yeah, uh, but We move on to the Cowboys who we just spoke of. 32-20, to 20, knocked out uh, big brother the Broncos, and I suppose they're not really the big brother anymore. No. North no. Queensland have been a lot more successful in that, recent times. That's and a myth. It is a myth, but they've, yeah. they've forged that now. and Same kind of deal. This game just let me down a little bit. 24-0 at halftime. Uh, they did make a surge and have a comeback. Yeah, Justin Hodges run wild there. A couple of line breaks, set up all those tries until Tarek Sims, unfortunately, decided to just charge him with his face and KO him. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know what to say. The, the finals in general that we watched over the weekend were three of the games were disappointing. Yeah, well, they were. 100% they were. Mm. And, you know, this, the resurgence was good, but then they grabbed a try as soon as they got back into gear. Morgan grabbed one. It finished up pretty flat at the end there. It got grabby by some of the Broncos blokes. Obviously frustrated that the year was coming to an end, but... Yeah, but then again, Brisbane, you know what? Like, I sort of thought last week, I said they were fodder. I also said the dogs were fodder going into the finals, but you lost you lost the game you needed to win to get in and then got lucky. Yeah. Parramatta, Parramatta are the team that should be kicking themselves. Because oh. Parramatta are the ones that really choked that performance. And they chucked it out. They, yeah. they chucked. They shat the bed, and Brisbane were the um, recipients of their of Parramatta's misfortune or yeah. poor performances. So, you know, and then Brisbane had another crack at it, and still, you know, what, what, what did they go down at one point in this? Eighteen nil, twenty four nil, something 24-0, like that. Twenty four nil, yeah. You know, like it's a finals game. Well, it's simple and straightforward. The, I was the same... really disappointed with the standard of footy across the board on the weekend. I thought yeah. I thought the only really game that got me excited and I thought was a contest was obviously the Roosters yeah, and Panthers game. game. The other ones, they were just to me they were like normal uh, yeah, NRL games, like regular games, season yeah. games. But, uh, it was typical for them. Hodges, Parker, Friday, all those guys tried to pull their weight. Benny Hunt was battling on his own, as he has been all year, but it's just not enough there. They got run over. Gavin Cooper had a blinder. Jonathan Thurston, like we said, you could tell how badly he wants to move on to the next week. He was just doing everything. Yeah. Second efforts, getting him behind, extra tackles, chasing down kicks that he didn't have any right to. Um, I'd just be more concerned if I'm Paul Green, similar deal, complacency. They put those points on, then they just go stone cold. You yeah. have to finish your games off. You can't uh, afford to let it Yeah, I also think possession um, changes and referees tend to penalise a team that's ahead by more. Mm. Uh, you know, there's different factors that contribute to that. Yeah. Matty Scott also had an absolute blinder, but unfortunately, Sims gone five weeks, seven weeks originally. They decided not to fight the charge. Don't want to touch on this too much. We already spoke about it, but yeah. uh, his time's over. He'll be heading to Newcastle. He'll probably wipe a few. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Those games off of trials start of the year, so you might miss a week or two next year. But the last game, the Dogs, 28-4, to over the storm. Same as I said before, just more of a letdown to be 24-0. Uh, again, this seemed to be the common score over the weekend, pretty much come close to halftime. Yeah. 24-zip. Second half, it was 4-all, but the storm, you sum it up. First half, way too flat, got absolutely dominated in the middle. Had no answer, 14 errors, and in the second half, they just played too loose. Every time they had an opportunity, they were throwing it uh, on the second tackle, a risky pass or running short sides and tampering with the sideline. Cooper Cronk put a couple of the kicks in. They just really couldn't get themselves together in the second half. Yeah, well, they had their chances, mate. I, I thought in that game, they... Oh, big time. I said he at half time. I thought they'd come back and win. I, I still maintain they could have, but uh, there was there was that one unlucky... Um, VRF decision that went against him. It looked like a try live. I, I still maintain it's it was a no try. I thought he, he knocked it on, but there's people that are fifty fifty on that. The on field call I think was try, so mm. I think Melbourne have got some overturned. Uh, yeah, that's to say there was conclusive evidence. I don't know whether there was or not, but um, I was happy with the call from a from an in, you know uh, a non biased standpoint, I guess, but. Melbourne, and they lacked patience, Melbourne, which was... I, I thought they panicked probably for a 10-minute period there. You know, Corabetti ran over the sideline. Cronk, I think, kicked, kicked on, on play three. and Yeah, there was just things that... They, it was un-Melbourne-like, I thought. They, they really panicked. They struggled to chase the points. and Well, two um, years in a row without a finals win. That's very surprising for them. Well, they went out back to back, back last year. year I said that about Manly. I thought Manly were this year's Melbourne. Look at them, and uh, they've lost again. Yeah. Missed the top four spot from, uh, you know, probably a couple of results. You look at when they were missing Cronk and Slater for a little bit in the middle of the year there. They were one win away from Jag in the top four spots. That's either an uh, anomaly, that, that loss on the weekend, or it signifies maybe that um, Melbourne are, you know, next year they might struggle to make the eight. Like I said, to me, I think... Consistency-wise, you said it all year. End of an era. It's, it's, they've struggled it's, it's going backwards. Their it's best going football, backwards. no doubt, they can beat anyone, but... Um, you know, based on their consistency. And you've also got to look at squad, to anyone as well. squad thinning down. Like I said, Ryan Hoffman leaves. Harris is a good replacement. Uh, definitely not the same player, though. And then you've got Ben Roberts leaving for Blake Green. Whether you think he's a good player or not, he's come back from the Super League, so it's yet to be seen. Mm. And there's not really much else coming to the squad. We're giving away six or seven good edge players that they've built up again, which is half your battle come origin time. And uh, obviously with injuries to have good squad depth, but it's slowly but surely starting to thin out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, their season comes to disappointing end. Bulldogs just rolled to the middle, did their job. I just hope they stick to their guns. If they do what they did on the weekend and just bash through the middle, tie teams out and all the big boppers, get over their 100-metre mark and make it difficult, they can play some football, especially when you give some early football to Timmy Lafayette, who got a hat-trick. But if they go back to there's too many Chiefs and not enough Indians and all want to pass and be halfbacks, they're going to get beaten. Very simple. Absolutely. But uh, that wraps them up. We'll look at the two games coming up this weekend. As we said, the Panthers and Seahawks, they booked... Their week off, they're into week three to play for a grand final spot. The first one, Friday, the Roosters versus the Cowboys, Allianz Stadium. What are your thoughts? I think the Cowboys will win. Um, I don't know whether Jake Friend will play. I think that's smoke screens. I know they've named him, but I can't see him playing if he uh, had bleeding on the lung. 
Um, well, he trained all week last week. I think this week more comes he's down to He's got to do contact today, I think. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he comes out of that. But uh, Look, obviously, if he plays and he fit, uh, the Roosters have obviously got to be favourites, especially considering the Cowboys struggle to win in Sydney. I know you know the Cowboys fans are saying, well, we've done it a couple of times this year, but against the defending premiers at their home ground in Sydney, that's, that's uh, taking it to the ultimate level. Uh, but I, I don't think there's any reason why they can't do it. I think it's a, it's going to be a game decided by the halves. I think Mitchell Pearce is in career best form, and Jonathan Thurston would have to be close. Uh, and you know, Tarek Sims out, that may hurt hurt the Cowboys, and uh, the Roosters get Guerra back. I, this is to me, it's the the hardest game so far uh, in the finals to pick. That's yeah, well, for sure. Glenn, yeah. Glenn Hall comes in the back row. Ethan Lowe onto the bench without Sims. If, as far as I'm concerned, if friend plays, I'm going with the Roosters. I'm, I'm that's that's similar. the way. I'm of, I'm of a similar mindset. I'd, I'd really... I still, even if friend played, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys win, but I tend then to lean towards the Roosters. For I, would, sure. I would really like to see Thurston win a comp while he's at the Cowboys and deliver what he's been trying to do for so long. But yeah, with, with friend there, that side, Gera back in, I just couldn't get past the Roosters. There's a few underlying uh, you know, interesting things in this game. You know, like Paul Green, former assistant to Robinson. So, I mean, if anyone's got a, a, an insight on to how the Roosters play and well, how they operate, it would be Paul Green. He's tried so. to base his blueprint pretty much. He said from day one, from what he learned at the Roosters, to try yeah, and take... And he's got a lot of former Roosters players there that he's sort of uh, dragged up there gradually throughout this year and, and the off-season. So. Hmm. Well, the winner of this game, like we said, more probably difficult side South, of the draw. They've yeah. got to play South, so uh, you're not going to have an but easy But then again, you, you, wanna, you wouldn't want a, a soft game going into the grand final either. No. Well, look at Manly last year. Manly didn't have an easy run in, and they still got there, didn't they? They were no battle-hardened, and on the night, it unfortunately didn't come off for them. But uh, everyone but we saw said, the Roosters in that, you know, for 60 minutes of that game, they sort of struggled, and... The week before, they, they put 40-odd past Newcastle. So I think uh, as long as you don't get injured, obviously it doesn't matter what sort of game you have. If you get injuries, it's going to hurt you. But you'd rather a hard game without injuries, mm. if, if you could possibly get that. But. Well, while we're right at the sporting bet odds for that game, the Roosters forty-eight favourites. The Cowboys $2.70. Good odds there if you like them. Yeah. Minus six is the line. Oh, I like six and a half, if I can get that, just to get that try and that little buffer there for the Cowboys. Or if you want 12.5 in a multi, Cowboys $1.39, I think that's pretty good value. But we move on to the second game. Saturday, it's at Allianz Stadium again. It's the Eagles versus the Dogs. Uh, you know, Manly named pretty much the same side again. Jaden Hodges is named to hooker, but we're getting word he might miss out with a neck problem. And Matt Ballon, they're pushing very, very hard to get him back in this week. Mm. If not, there was talk that Daly Cherry Evans could play nine, and they'd have to bring in probably uh, Jack Littlejohn to play with four in the halves. Yeah. So that would be a really desperate reshuffle there to cover that, that spot. Masada Yusef is there. That's another option. Uh, but he hasn't played a game in NRL all year, I think, for them. Yep. And they're obviously out in the New South Wales Cup, so he's going to be a few weeks without game time. Mm-hmm. That's big difficult. decision, big decision. Uh, bad form on their part as well. For the Dogs, Pat O'Hanlon obviously had that brutal injury on the weekend. He's named an extended bench, Harlan Alatar, Moses Mboa. But besides that, they'll have 1-16 to 16, pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. So Dogs, you'd think, watching last week, their favourites, rightfully so. They're dollar sixty-six favourites. A line minus three and a half. Uh, Twelve and a half start to Manly. Dollar thirty-five, and they're two dollars twenty-five head to head. All the money's going to the dogs. Mine's going to be going on Manly. I, I, I couldn't have enough. I couldn't have more money on Manly. Just finals. As much as I, I know, I'm the one who said back to back. Get, they're going to get Ballon and Stewart back, aren't they? Stewart played last week. Did he play on? He fullback on mate. Friday night. He played. He okay. scored a try. I thought you said Glenn earlier when you were going to say Brad. I was going to say Glenn's no, gone thought, for the whole year. Uh, Brad well, played. I, yeah. Okay. 
So it's more just... He was out the week before that, wasn't he? You've got to sort out the middle of the field. Yeah. have to sort out the middle of the field. They've, they've been dominated in there by a few teams. That's obviously how the Bulldogs got their win against Melbourne. That's absolutely killed them at the middle. Rolled through, got the ball a little half-wide, but that's the main thing. Their forwards need to step up. They were getting raps at the start of the year for playing above their weight. They've been exposed in the back half of the season. All the problems have to get put aside, and they have to try and go get this comp. Pretty much. Because, uh, as we said, similar to Melbourne, not the end of, end of a dynasty, end of an era, it's starting to get to that point over the next couple of years for both these sides. Yeah, Things are going to start coming apart. So I, re- I really think they can win, but if you're going to ask me off what I saw on the weekend, the dogs... Might grab this one in a close one, but I hope Manly get the job done. No, I can't see it happening. I can't see Manly allowing them, uh, allowing the dogs to push um, them around as as the dogs did to Melbourne. Or I can't see it happening. Mm. Well, the winner of this one, like we said, they're going to play the Panthers. Um, yeah, I really think Penrith are in a good position here they are. on this side of the draw. Hopefully, the week off does them some good. So we've looked at both of those games. Just a quick update couple other competitions obviously in the New South Wales Cup the grand final qualifiers this weekend to make sure that them and the Queensland Cup are both finished in time for grand final Sunday this year as the two champions will play each other so you've got the Panthers versus Wente uh, obviously Parramatta versus Penrith and you've got Newcastle versus the Cutters there uh, on my part from what I've seen I'd have to say it's going to be a Panthers Newcastle grand final it looks in like the New that. South Wales Cup they don't have match odds, but futures, $2.50 to win the New South Wales Cup by the Panthers and Newcastle. The Cutters and Wentworth, uh, Wentworthville are both $8. The Queensland Cup, they do it different. They work on a top five system. So yeah. last week, the Northern Pride, who were feeder to the Cowboys, they won a, a blockbuster against East Tigers, who feed to Melbourne, 8-7. They're through to the grand final. Winner Manly Seagulls had a drastic comeback, beat the Ipswich Jets. They're playing East Tigers, who are $1.50. $2.60 for winning Manly to make the grand final. Northern Pride, $1.70 favourites to win that competition. So, overall, I think it'll be Penrith versus Northern Pride come grand final day. Yeah. But having a bit of Melbourne in me and the East Tigers being our feeder, I'd like to think that East Tigers could somehow win the Queensland Cup. Under 20s, if you don't follow that one, every single team that is left, none of them have a team in the NRL. So, that shows you a contrast. Usually, there's a you know a correlation between 20s and first grade and clubs doing well. Opposite final series this year. But you've got the Knights versus the Warriors. The Knights were heavy favourites, got beat last week. Uh, Going to be a tough game from them. The Knights, they got back to Marlo Lola here, bloke we saw in first grade. Big wraps on him. They absolutely pounded the Roosters last week to put themselves in a position here to move on to the grand final qualifier. The winner of this game will move on to play the Parramatta Eels, who have a very, very good side. I, I have them to win the competition in the under-20s. And on the flip side of the draw, the Eels who beat the Broncos, they move back to play a Tigers side who obviously got back Mitchell Moses last week and they get back 20s hooker of the year, Manai Charrington, this week. So it's not going to be easy for the Broncos. I think the Tigers will win this game and they'll move through and play the Dragons who knocked off the Knights last week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to be looking probably at an Eels versus Dragons grand final. I don't think anyone coming out of this bottom four would be able to knock either of those two teams off. And that gives us all the odds there. Uh, got any thoughts on that, Brock? You haven't seen too much under 20s this year, have you? Oh, a little bit. A little bit. I've seen the Penrith and Newcastle and um, a few other sides. I, I, like, I like Newcastle and the Dragons. I think one of them will win it. Yep. Fair enough. Plenty of good young talent there. But that's all the odds for the New South Wales Cup. Queensland Cup, uh, there was nothing up for the under 20s besides futures again. But the two favourites, heavily favoured. Eels at $3.25. $4 for the Dragons. All those odds for all these competitions as well. The NRL games are brought to you by sportingbet.com. There is no better bet 
than a sporting bet. And we now move on to Mr. Gossip. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And I welcome back Mr. Gossip. And as usual, mate, this is a pretty common occurrence as of late. We're riding solo. Boxhead, gone! Gone. He's missing. If anyone out there can find him, please let us know. Yep. Hashtag. Running, I believe. Yep. Hashtag, where is Brock? We can't find him. We're trying, we're trying hard, but on Mad Monday, things did get a bit loose. We did go to a lot of bars, a lot of houses, a lot of places after our competition win, but I still can't find him. It's the Italian bathwater. It sent him crazy. It's drinking the Peronis again through a straw. Oh, mate, can't find him. The Italian bathwater, there's something about it, that chemical reaction between the Italian grandma's foot juice and the brew and the hops. <laughs> there's, there's something about it. It sent him loopy. Uh, silly bastard, he's not here to defend himself. Let's get into him. Yeah, we'll get into him. Well, I can give him one wrap here and I'll say it to him. Congratulations, he's a two time C grade winning player back in 2003 and 4, and now he's coached them two years in a row and won two. So he's four from four, the bastard. Wow. He does good, the big fella. Yeah, right. He's, well, he's a good coach. He's my brother, so I'm biased, but I'll give him a rap. He can coach the prick. But uh, what about yourself, mate? The Penny Panthers, you'd be a happy man. You can't have a. Can't have a Panthers love session because Brock's not here. Yeah, I know, mate. I was happy the dog with two dicks at the moment. It's, just, <laughs> it's been great. It's uh, yeah, wow. I mean, it's all been played throughout the media this week, and every everything's been said about them having a fairy tale. But you know, still got two more games to go yet. So, all I know is they've been a ridiculously consistent team all year. They've got the right attitude, and it doesn't seem to phase them uh, that eleven NRL player uh, quality players is missing. They are really really building into one hell of a club. And after three years of this five-year, you know, somewhat, that's that was a rough idea. We're not saying it was five years to a premiership, but a five-year rebuilding window, they are well ahead of schedule. Oh, absolutely. And um, I've been to a few games this year where the Panthers have been, they've won by one point and been there for 80 minutes. You could just sense that if they did get to the semis, that they'd do well because they've sort of played that semi-final football all year. It didn't matter who they were playing, whether it was... Sharks, Parramatta or Manly they were just 80 minutes with every single team so it builds that mentality for them and um, yeah good luck to them. Yeah mate 100% very strong mentality, great coach and I think the attitude and poise that he shows definitely rubbed off on the team but into the good stuff mate, uh, what's cooking not not too much I guess around finals time Yeah this time of year obviously it's um, understandably a bit quiet but look a few things happening around the traps and We'll start with the Tigers at the moment. Now, we know that uh, from today, from the reports from the Tigers, that they've decided not to renew uh, Potter, which is no great surprise. Um, I guess now we just look at the, the long list of coaches that um, have been earmarked as a replacement. We've got David Kidwell, uh, Nathan Brown from St Helens, uh, Matt Parrish, uh, Jason um, Taylor, and Anthony Griffin, of course. So, look, it's interesting to see who they go for. I think if I was a Tigers board member, I'd be going for Anthony Griffin. Um, He's done well at the Broncos. I personally believe with the young guys that come through there, and he's got a you have a young roster as well at the West Tigers. So my man would be Griffin. If I couldn't get Griffin, I'd go Kidwell. Um, what are your thoughts, mate? I'm probably with you purely on an in, purely on a Griffin-like situation. Todd Payton uh, has coached all these young guys through, so if it wasn't going to be him or Kidwell that have had some involvement with those kids, a la the Anthony Griffin situation, I'd have to take him. Uh, on what he's done at Brisbane, carrying that team forward. I couldn't go Parrish, 
And Nathan Brown, I know he's done a good apprenticeship over there now, but if this was your one chance to come back to the NRL and it was going to fall uh, on, on a particular club's shoulders for you to try to establish yourself, would you, as Nathan Brown, want to put yourself at the Tigers for that last opportunity, supposedly, to be in the NRL? It's a good question, and then if Nathan Brown does come back to the NRL, it'll only be to prove something, because he won't yeah. be getting the money he's getting at St. Helens. The Tigers, we know, they've, they've paid that many coaches over the years, and probably still paying for two machines to call Barson, so he won't get much money if he goes. So, And look, he's got a good thing at the moment with St. Helens, they've won the minor premiership over there, I believe, so... Mm. It'd be a strange move uh, for Nathan Brown, and, and look, he's still young for yeah. a coach, oh, really. Mate. So and I think he might have to stay over there and get some more Mueller under his belt. Well, not only that, but I think it's more Brock's favourite word, product placement. If I was going to bring myself back after... Yeah, he was very young the first time, but you'd think you, if you come over here a second time and you failed, you probably wouldn't get another gig, so... I don't think he would be dumb enough to push his chips all in on the Tigers' job and think this is the one for me to establish myself uh, right now. It, it's still a pretty unstable environment going forward. I, I, don't, I really don't see how he could benefit. It, it'd be a pretty big gamble. Yeah, if, if you're his manager, you devise against it. It's, uh, it's, they've got problems with the Tigers, and yeah, like you said, he's a, he'd be going for his second job in the NRL, and it's, it's got failure written all over it, so... Yeah, this this is a Matt Elliott situation, as I said to Brock. Oh, this is his perfect situation. They reckon they don't want to hire someone up until... They're going to leave it at the maximum to October 27th, which is six days before they start pre-season. This just... Uh, it's it's not a really good situation. They need it sorted well before pre-season if they want to get someone on board. Yeah, hopefully they get Griffin. I think he deserves it. Yeah, mate, he's done a good job there. Very unlucky uh, to lose his job. And like you said, he's managed those kind of young blokes before through to uh, NRL level. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate, we're still on the Tigers. Um, Blake Austin, formerly a Panther, of course. Now, I think he's had a good year, probably one of the best uh, three or four Tigers of the year there. Good utility player. Look, I'm hearing he's talking with the Raiders and uh, something could be confirmed the next week or two. So, look, it'll be a big, good pickup for, for Canberra, um, having young Blake Austin. Mate, 100%. Uh, Terry Campisi gone. A big boy, a six as well, just like him. Takes the footy to the line consistently breaks through, can score a try, and uh, the unfortunate circumstance with injuries this year, we've seen him play fullback, centre, hooker, winger. He's had an effect in every single position he plays. He's just a, a true footballer, and uh, I couldn't think of a probably a better pick-up and a, a position to land for Blake, because if he goes down there, you know he's going to have the jersey, which at the Tigers right now, he's not going to get out of the two local kids, regardless of how good he plays. It's... Uh, you know, two Leichhardt juniors that have grown up together, they're going to give those two spots to Moses and Brooks. He's not going to get a crack there. Yeah, bingo, exactly. And you get more money at Canberra as well. And, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's a win-win for, for, for both parties there. Eh? I think that's a great signing. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I couldn't see that being a bad move. I'd be after him if I was the Raiders for sure. Yeah, Definitely. All right, mate, we've been on, we spoke about Anthony Watman on the last podcast and said that he'll go to Parramatta. Then he came out and said he's not going to. Look, we all know he's going to leave. Let's just, let's just take that as read. Um, and apparently at the presentation night, uh, Manly's presentation night, he had a bit of a stink with the, the club's general manager, Dave Perry, who, who I've got to tell you, leaks a lot of stuff to the media. So I'm, Anthony Watmel, he cannot wait to get out of that place. And it's little wonder that Manly aren't performing at the moment. There's just a lot of shit going on there. So people, stop emailing me and asking me what's happening with Anthony Watmel because the bloke is going. Well, I was with you last week. Man, Brock gave it to a few people, obviously, that were saying, oh, you're kidding yourselves. He said this, he said that. 
how many players have said they were not leaving and then all of a sudden, boom, they were gone? Um, and this situation is almost untenable now. Glenn Stewart's gone. Brett's not happy. Matt and I, we're still hearing the Warriors links. There's a lot of stuff going on. People aren't happy with Cherry Evans. Tuvi's trying to put out a million fires here. It's just not a good situation. And you'd have to think, I said this to Brock, if you've got two halves that are valued at a million dollars or more, it's probably that right kind of time. They can't fit Glenn Stewart in. You're probably going to have to strip somebody like Watt out of the way if you're going to have any kind of chance of having a crack at keeping Cherry Evans in four. Yeah, you can't keep them forever, mate. They've been a core group for a long time, and you've got to let them go. Because they can earn more money than another club, at the, at, especially the back age of you know late 20s, early 30s. You've got to let them go. Yeah, and they, like you said, it's, just, it's untenable at this point in time. The attitude, the infighting, everything that's going on there, uh, I think it's about time. They just, uh, you know, stop putting it the, the, the broom to the side. I know they're playing finest football, but I'm sure we'll see this all develop as soon as the season ends. Yeah, absolutely. Right, mate, another news today. The lovely Todd Carney. Uh, couldn't really get it fast, to be honest, but I'll mention it anyway. Three-year deal with the Catalan Dragons, and Catalan Dragons, good luck to you. Hope you haven't got a lot of bars around. Yeah, well, all I can say is someone said to him, where can I get a drink? And uh, yes means wee wee. Hopefully he doesn't take offence to that or he figures out pretty quickly that's what they're saying. They're not making fun of him. Uh, but, yeah, going over there, three years, no surprise. They're a bit more lenient than the UK rules, so I'm sure that's how uh, they've slipped past there to get him in there with a working visa. All I can say is I hope he plays some good football. Despite the fact he's been uh, a tool and got himself fired a couple of times, there's no doubt that Todd Carney at his best is very impressive to watch on the field. Uh, but obviously not that impressive as a bloke off the field. Yeah, that's right. He's had so many chances. If he blows this one, then he truly is a knob. Oh, mate, 100%. All right, mate. Last one of the evening. We posted it on Monday morning, I believe, and I put up that uh, Brett, Brett Morris wants out. The Dragons came um, with a press release later in the afternoon saying that they were aware that he had an offer from somewhere else, but they're keen to resign him. They didn't say that they'll match the offer, so uh, it's just a matter of time. We've been talking about Morris rumours to the Bulldogs for about three or four years now. Mate, it's just a matter of time. Whether he gets the early release or not, he'll be there sooner or later. So whether it's next year or the year after, he'll be a Bulldog. Yeah, well, this is no surprise, and uh, I'm actually... Very surprised. I'm, I'm sure you've seen the list of some of the players they're talking about releasing. I know they've got salary cap pressure and they're light in the forwards and probably uh, a bit top-heavy in backs, but uh, Jason Nightingale was one of the names thrown out. I think him, him and Brett Morris have been absolutely outstanding uh, at all times that they've been there. Yeah, probably. And, and this year, especially Nightingale yeah. and, and Morris, probably in their top three or four players for the whole year. So very strange things going on with the Dragons. Also hearing that um, Merrin might be shocked around as well. It's just it's, uh, very, very strange what's going on there. I hope, I hope McGregor knows what he's doing. It's, um, might piss a lot of Red V fans off to getting rid of players like that. Yeah, well, the only one I kind of looked at that I saw and thought, OK, was Dylan Farrell. He, he's been brought in there, a bit yeah. top-heavy. Uh, he's had some injury problems. They've obviously got uh, young Runciman. You've got Beal, Dugan. They're, they're really, really top-heavy in that regard. But Nightingale, I think, is one of the one of the very underrated wingers in the competition. Him and Morris are absolutely outstanding finishers. So I'd even hear uh, his name mentioned. I was surprised. And Merrin, cap pressure, and we're hearing there's going to be some massive money on the market. Uh, same deal, though. They're already light enough in the forwards as it is. I don't know if you'd want to give away a New South Wales origin forward, especially at the tender age of 24. Yeah, I mean... I'm- Especially with Marin, I'm a fan of Marin. 
is um, getting on in years now, which is good for the club, I think, because they're going to bring through younger guys through and the, the cutters are going well at the moment. I don't know if you saw that the props try on Sunday night. It ran about 90 metres, although I think it was 40, but it's probably 90 now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've got some players coming through. So to have a couple of guys from their 2010 Premiership um, stay around, I think it's good for them. But just to clear everybody out, it's a bit strange. Yeah, well, I agree with Marin in their 20s. Uh, they're through to the third week of the under-20s competition. They've got a couple of big boppers in there, so they're bringing a couple through. I don't know about a huge backs clean out, though. Some of the names that were mentioned are absolutely ridiculous, but uh, let's let's see if Mary McGregor and Peter Mahollan can uh, arrest this situation that they've been left with from Dowston Price and sort out the salary cap. And hopefully they'll finally announce that Willie Mason's going there. Yeah, well, he gave it to the, the Newcastle. I gave it to him the other week when they played Newcastle. Certainly stitched the forwards up, so... How good was that? I watched it about six times. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, mate. I love that. And kept calling him, tell Longneck. Tell Longneck I'm, I'm in overtime. Get me off. <laughs> get pneumonia. Yeah, get pneumonia. Tell him I want to go back on just because I'm cold. That's why. Uh, we love you, Big Willie. Uh, outstanding. There's got to be some characters in the game. But if that wraps us up, mate, we'll move into uh, the tips. Obviously, I've already wrapped it up, so... Nothing doing, but we may as well have a crack. You got you got two this week. I got two. Brock got three, so he's still lingering. Wow. 106 he's got. I'm 118, you're 112. But we only have two games this week. Friday night, the Roosters versus the Cowboys. Brock has gone the Cowboys. He thinks they can get the job done. I'm going to tip the Roosters purely on Jake Friend. Uh, I'm just hoping that he's playing along with Guerra. What do you reckon, mate? Can the Cowboys get the job done in Sydney? No. I don't think they can. Um, the Roosters will be hurting after that loss against, and especially to lose it, you know, with a couple of minutes to go. Jake Friend's probably the best hooker in the game at the moment, to be honest. And um, while Thorberson did a good job there, um, Friend is going to, you know, I just can't write him off with Friend coming back. And he will play, I'm told, so the Roosters. Yeah, well, that's my mail as well. And uh, I'm very strong on the same point. You saw three teams last week that were beaten. One with a hooker with a needed ankle, and then you got two other teams in the Roosters and Manly who very much miss their starting man in the number nine jersey. So, uh, speaking yeah. of Manly, Saturday, Allianz Stadium again. They are playing the Dogs. They're on their last legs. Can they pull something together? I do think so. Again, on the mail that Ballon will come back. They have to bind together this week, and under pressure, they usually deliver. Plus, I just really don't want to see the Bulldogs move into the final four. Brock agrees with me. He's gone manly. Good value at $2.25 at sportingbet.com. Get on that. But what do you reckon, mate? Do you think the dogs have got their measure or do you reckon manly can jag one? Mate, I'm still trying to work out whether the storm were that shit or the bullets were that good, to be honest. I can't I can't gauge anything from that game. Obviously, if you're going on, on, on form prior to that, you'd have to tip manly. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough, it really is a tough one. And manly got a couple of injuries, so... It was the Bulldogs in a fluke. Uh, no, I'm going to go to the Bulldogs, um, only because of the turmoil in the Manly camp um, with what man and whatnot, and the Bulldogs seem to be all pretty happy at the moment. So I'll go to the Dogs. Yeah, well, I, I was a bit with you. I, I was impressed, uh, but at the same time, I, I was, wasn't very impressed with the team that made 14 errors and just looked very flat. But probably the main thing I took from the Bulldogs was uh, I've been whinging all year that everyone on their team thinks they're a halfback. The other day... Their forward pack did exactly what they should be doing for the size that they are. They got over the advantage line, they put the pass away, and they just bashed Melbourne up the middle. So I think if they can do that with Manly, 
who particularly been struggling through the middle third of the park, well, uh, God knows, so they, they might be able to get the job done. Yeah, and given Timmy Lafayette early ball, geez, he's a good player. Oh, mate, imagine. Okay. How, could you I remember? He was sitting in, in, in uh, reserve grade for so long and no other club stepped him up. I think, I think you and I especially have been commenting on the podcast oh. for a while now how good he's been, but what, what, a, what a talent. This is what I was about to bring up, mate. Remember last year when I kept whinging when we said the Sharks needed a centre? I was like, Lafayette. Lafayette, yeah. Lafayette. Yeah, they, could have, they could have picked him up fairly cheap as well. Yeah, well, they, um, they let that opportunity yeah. slip, didn't they? And uh, I know Todd Carney's not there now. That's the only thing I had in my head. He, he didn't have a strike centre. Him and Timmy Lafayette would have been a nice combination with that forward pack. Yeah, maybe Lafayette didn't fit there with their boys. He's going to be part of the boys' club. So. Yeah, well, end of the day, it's worked out well for him. He's playing some good footy. You'd think he's definitely uh, got a centre spot tied up there for a long time coming, but that's... Yeah, uh, uh, two, two picks there, mate. Uh, I really hope it's the Roosters and the Eagles. I, I think I'm just purely going off uh, what we've seen in the past. Two very, very big finals time teams. I think they can move through. Uh, but other than that, thanks for all the news and gossip, mate. Enjoy the footy on the weekend. Very sad times. It's almost coming to an end, and hopefully the Penny yeah. Panthers can do the job for you and get in the GF. Mate, we'll enjoy the week off. <laughs> oh, mate, 100%. Hopefully uh, maybe one or two players miraculously recover by the week after. But if not, uh, I hope they make the GF. Absolutely. All right, thanks, brother. No worries, mate. Have a good one. And that concludes us for an episode of the fifth and last podcast this week. A big thanks, as always, to Mr. Gossip for coming on. If you want to catch up with him on Facebook, just head up to the search bar and type in NRL Gossip. And on Twitter, his handle is the same. It's at NRL Gossip. Thank you to SportingBet.com. There's no better bet than a sporting bet. Keep your eyes posted for our Pick the Score competitions for your chance to win a free $100 bet thanks to sportingbet.com. Two winners last week, both unclaimed. So make sure if you win, you, all you got to do is send us an inbox, open a sporting bet account if you have one. Uh, if not, you can refer somebody else who's got one. But it's a free $100 bet, guys. Come on, get on board. Nothing better than a free bet thanks to sportingbet.com. And the podcast up on audioboo.com. A lot of people still listening on Podomatic, that will obviously phase out at the end of this year, so if you are still listening to me on Podomatic.com right now, go to www.audioboo.com resubscribe on there and resubscribe on iTunes as the feed has changed, and a big thank you to all the listeners out there sending us messages of congratulations for the grand final win, and we apologise for the delay of this going up a day late but it was a very big celebration but for now guys, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.